This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Fubar Radio and UN Women UK present a live 24 hour radio show. 24 hours. Now on the telephone line, we've got Welsh born, New York based LGBT pop icon, Bright Light, Bright Light. Rod, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was lovely to have you. How are you? Pretty good, yeah. There's been like a little bit of sickness going around the touring camp, but um, on the whole, I would say fantastic. Well, first of all, let's uh, talk about talk about you, your music. Um, I, I understand last year was incredibly busy for you. Um, you've even been quoted as saying, it was all a blur. Tell us about mm. your year. Oh, God. Um <laughs> It's kind of been like a, a very busy couple of years, actually. Um, there's been a lot of touring involved. So 2014, 2015 was on tour with Elton John for a year. And wow. then 2016, um, my latest album, Choreography, came out. And then 2016, 2017 was touring that, basically. So um, it's just constantly like recording and then going on the road and touring and then going back into the studio whenever you finish touring and then back on the road. So you sort of lose track of um, where you are in life, really. <laughs> I mean, it sounds very glamorous, but I suppose it's not that glamorous when you are working that hard. What was it like working with Elton John? Amazing. I mean, oh. he's somebody that is both musically and personally inspiring. He does a lot of philanthropy and he does a lot of fundraising, awareness raising, um, and then also has written some of the best songs in modern history. So it's like somebody that can do both of those amazing things is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, it really is. Describe your music to us. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's it fun all. pop music. It's um, pop music that's really inspired by 80s and 90s pop culture, like films primarily. Um, and one of the reasons I was excited to come on and talk about stuff on this show and the station today is because a lot of my music is influenced by strong women Um the album choreography was written based on dance sequences, which primarily feature strong female leads. And um, growing up in the South Wales Valleys, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of praise for Shirley Bassey growing up. <laughs> yep. And Bonnie Tyler. And um, <laughs> I just remember when I was growing up, a lot of the figures in popular culture that really struck me were female. And so I identified to like the strength of women in music a lot when I, when I was growing up. I think that's amazing. It really is. And um, you've said yourself as well that you you raise money as well. You're a fundraiser as well. You you don't like to talk politics. <laughs> I was reading this interview. Well, no, here's the thing. I'm happy to talk politics, but I don't want to be political within my songs. I think it's, uh, it's very important to understand, mm. you know, how adept you are at wording things and how to get the message across, because we all know screaming into the void is useless. Like we've all seen in recent political events that people trying to use their voice for political causes is really risky and gets a lot of backlash. So I keep my politics out of my song lyrics, but I'm very political on my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. I talk a lot about causes that I care about and I talk a lot about things that I feel are really important to me and important to the good of the people around me. But I don't put that into my musical Mm. content. So it's, it's being careful to use what I know when I think it's effective, but not to try and use it in a way that I don't think will help anyone. And I, th- I like you say, you know, the the role you have at the moment being, you know, out there in the public eye, it's good to use it for 
its advantages, isn't it? Instead of yeah. going on about, you know, other things. It's and you know, your music, like you say, ridiculous, but it is fun, it is uplifting. Um, is that something you've always wanted to do and do this kind of music? Are you is this something you've always wanted? Yeah, I think I've been like gradually working up to it. I mm. you know, wasn't hugely confident when I started making music and um I was partly victim of being in the music industry where you're constantly told that nothing is good enough and you should be doing this and following trends and if you're not doing something that's cool or buzzy then you're failing and I just after a while just thought like I don't care and I wanted to just have as much fun as possible. That's a brave Um, move very brave isn't it? Yeah you know but people people do things every day that are so mm. <laughs> reliant on being brave like you know being a midwife That's or like true. raising a family and you just think god i'm just making music i might as well have fun with it um so i just yeah i wanted to have as much fun as possible while i'm still young enough to just about get away with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hear you i totally agree <laughs> um you said that the last tour you met a man with your face tattooed on his arm is that I right why <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> wow. Uh, describe that for us. And is this something that normally happens? You come across it's, this all the time? <laughs> no. I mean, I meet a lot of people who are, you know, very um, respectful of my music and very into it and have followed it for a really long time. But having a, my face tattooed is just bonkers. Um, <laughs> it's so you have this, like, Yeah, it is another <laughs> level featuring Jay-Z. Um, it was he has this like montage and it was Madonna, Björk and me and which is mind blowing because they're two of my favourite artists. Oh, it's incredible. And, um, yeah, it was crazy. The guy was so lovely and it's, it's wild to have reached the level of being tattooed on somebody's skin. Please God, he doesn't hit my next record. <laughs> that would be shocking. But yeah, you yeah, know you've like, made what? it when that happens. Um, you've made no secret that you're a fan of film um, and you've already considering writing a score. Tell us about this. Is it is it your love of films or music that comes first? And tell us about why you want to write a score for a film. Ooh, I... Ooh. I'd say probably, <clears throat> oh, I'd say I spend a lot more time these days watching films than listening to music, wow. mainly for inspiration, because when you're listening to other people's music, it's really difficult not to be too influenced by it. You know, it, you get music stuck in your head really, really quickly. So if I'm in the creative process, I don't really listen to current people's music i'm really worried about being too heavily influenced by that because if you if i hear something i like i want to make something that sounds like that and i don't want to do that yeah um so i spend a lot of time getting inspiration for lyrics and themes and characters from film so i I write a lot based on like movie sequences that i've seen or like tones that i see in the imagery um and i also love music film so i just go uh, visuals with music um so yeah that's that's like a really big interest of mine and i do so much really in film and i really want to be able to to score films eventually so that's my like long-term plan i think that's an amazing plan um I know you, you've um, been on tour with Eurasia and obviously been on tour the last few years. I'm staying awake for 24 long hours. Do you have any tips of how to stay awake and build that stamina? <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's really not going to be pleasant. I've no. done it. I've done that. 
have multiple times. I think, yeah, once I had to stay awake for 39 hours to do a couple of shows, and it was gross. How did you do that? I really don't know. It, it was, was gross. Really gross. <laughs> like, we had to, we played a show in Den- in Salt Lake City, drove through the night to Denver. I then had a day of press. We did the show. Then I had to get a flight from Denver to San Francisco to do an afternoon show. It was gross. Oh, my I mean, yeah, you're going to feel super gross. I <laughs> Sorry, going to feel so gross. But at least it's not 39 hours. Um, and how was your tour with Erasio? What was it like? Brill, they're my favourite band. So, like, getting to share the stage with them is such an honour. It's amazing. The the musical pairing, I think, of us is is really good because they influence me a lot, and so my song sensibility comes a lot from their school of writing. Um, so the fans connect with it really well. It's really fun. You know, we're all just wearing ridiculous outfits on stage. Um, they're the nicest people in the world. Their crowds are brilliant. The venues are gorgeous. It's just, I, I couldn't have asked for more, really. I think it's brilliant. Very quickly, um, inspirational woman. Who would you say is your inspirational woman? I'm going to say two people, if that's all right. Go for it. Um, one, um, one that influenced me from youth up until today and beyond is Tori Amos. Uh, I remember watching her in interview in concert and in the press talking about rape, talking about being a woman, being about talking about misogyny, talking about position in the music industry, you know, so many causes that she drew attention to and spoke very boldly about, I think is super important in a place where it really wasn't okay for women to talk about stuff so mm. frankly. Um, she's done so much fundraising work and so much awareness work. I think she's a really important figure. I don't think she's got anyone near the credit she deserves for her production and writing skills throughout um, her career. And I think that she's been bold and brave and a real inspiration to so many people across the world. Um, And I'm also going to say Ellie Goulding because she took me on my first tour around the UK and I saw that girl work so hard in a way that nobody expects a pop star to be working Mm. she was super nice she was like friendly she was supportive she was so courteous and gorgeous the whole time and she had fun and she treated her bandmates really well and she has elevated herself to this extreme pop star level and she's a lovely person and every so often she sends me a message on facebook and she's just wonderful and i love watching people who are genuinely great and work really hard, have their comeuppance. It's amazing. I I think that's absolutely brilliant. I love both of your inspirational women, and I love you a little bit more. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Your your album choreographer is is out now. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Fantastic. Rod from Bright Light, Bright Light, thank you so, so much for talking to us here at FUBAR. Take care, Rod. You too. Speak to you soon. Coming up on the FUBAR Radio and UN Women UK 24-hour radio show. Benjamin Zand. We've got Benjamin Zand. The inspirational women I've met in my life are definitely women I speak to whilst making documentaries. There was a lady I interviewed in Kazakhstan who was essentially, she was broadcasting a lot of the crimes, a lot of the deeds that the government were doing, and her life had literally been torn apart. A government agent had essentially started a fake relationship with her, had sex with her, recorded it, put it online, and literally destroyed her entire life. And she was still going on to fight against it, both for women, both people who had been kind of fucked over by yeah, society essentially incredible. so so they're the people who I respect Benjamin Zand Fubar Radio 
Yeah, welcome back. This is Food Bar Radio. This is our 24-hour live marathon for UN Women UK, all for the He For She charity. Um, the He For She uh, invites men and boys to build on the work of the women's movement as equal partners, crafting and implementing a shared vision of gender equality. We would like you to donate. Um, if you could text, I should know this by now, I've been doing it for long enough, text UNWN, followed by the amount you want to donate, to 770 all money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally and I also want to say in the studio welcome to Isota um, oh yeah thank you for joining us Isota that's alright that's alright you've got way too much energy for this time though your energy I'm is high this. I'm your energy this. is high yeah, yeah, I'm still well thank you for saying that no, yeah, no it's, good. it's good man uh, I believe we, we need another guest maybe on the phone lines so therefore on the phone line right now we've got Annabelle Knight the UK's leading sex and dating expert Annabelle welcome Hello, thank you so much. Woo, 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 woo. Thank you for being here. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Are you tired? I am doing all right. <laughs> Is that you a good answer? Sound like it's one o'clock in the morning. You thank sound you. very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Well, that's good. I'm. Uh, how many hours in am I? I started Eight. at five o'clock. Thank you very much. Eight hours in, so it's good. I feel. Well, I was about congratulations. To... Thank you very much. I was about to say I'm halfway there, but I'm not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Um, well, you are the UK's leading sex and dating expert. You've got I a am. debut novel called The Endless Summer, um, which was a bestseller. Uh, you're also a dating expert on MTV's Single AF. Actually, I could yeah. say it's fuck, but um, first of all, how did you become the UK's leading sex and dating expert? Do you know, I was just talking today, I did a, a podcast for the Metro, and um, I, they said, what's the most common question you get? And I said, how, how did you do it? How, why, how are you doing this? Yeah. Um, I started off about eight, nine years ago, and I was just doing general presenting in and around London, and I answered the casting call for... Um, like sex education videos and it was just for a presenter to learn a few lines and do that and the company I started working for was called Love Honey and they were they oh, still are a retailer of adult toys mm-hmm. um, and I really really I loved it I took to it like a duck's water we did more videos um, and just from doing that I started to get approached by magazines for comments and I didn't really know what I was talking about um, I just kind of was doing a bit of research as and when and I thought Do you know what I really need to kind of sort myself out and get on with this um, and, and become qualified so fast forward seven and a half eight years later and I'm now a couples counsellor I've got qualifications in psychology um, wow. body language experts uh, I write for all the national newspapers and magazines and TV and radio um, and and uh, my own range of sex toys as well, which is fabulous. You've got Ooh. so. <laughs> I feel very British right now. Very British. Um, so, with your sex toys, like, is this like a natural progression? You know, seeing as you are taking over the uh, the sex and dating world, um, did you? I feel quite embarrassed. Um, again, such a prude. Um, how did the sex toys come about? <laughs> Um, well, I, I launched them in conjunction with Love Honey. I've had a, a long oh. and um, very close relationship with them since those early days. Um, and three years ago, I, I met with Neil and Rich, who own the company, along mm. with Bonnie, 
um, Neil's other half who does all the buying and kind of organizing what we sell. And I just said, guys, I want, I want, like, I, at first I just wanted a sex toy. I wanted an Annabelle Knight sex toy. Um, and it's just yeah, grown from there. We've seen a few come and go. Um, and now I've got a, a, like, a capsule collection of four, which I am doubling this year. So 2018 wow. will be at double to eight. Um, and then who knows? Maybe, maybe more in 2019. That is amazing. That really, really is. Well, congratulations. And Ooh. I know that um, before you came on the phone lines, my producer said, do you have any questions? Um, dating. We had yes. um, <laughs> a, a love expert, actually, on at the start of the show. Um, and she was saying, you know, um, to find your, your person or to start um, successfully going out there and dating, it's all to do with you, first of all, and how you um, perceive yourself. But, yeah, absolutely. Which is true. But how how does one get a second date, a third date? Is it as easy as that? <laughs> I'm still trying to get a first date. It's the legs. It's the legs. It's the legs. How do you know what? How do you have successful dates, Annabelle? <laughs> oh, have we lost Annabelle? Oh. I think we may have lost Annabelle. We'll try to get her back. Thank you very much, Annabelle. We'll try, because I want, I want to know the answer. Amanda might Come, yeah. have some suggestions. Yeah. Amanda? I don't, uh, my love life, my sex life is non-existent. We're talking about dates, though. Don't we're, 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 no, we're just talking about, <laughs> just talking about the date. We're just talking about the date. <laughs> that's where you're going wrong. You're looking for the <laughs> So we're going to hopefully we'll get Annabelle Knight back because it will be good to talk about dating and how, for instance, Amanda can find a date. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know what, I was actually on C4 um, first dates. Yes. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, I was. How long, what season? Season one, episode oh, two. I'm gonna. Can we go back and watch it? <laughs> no, you don't want us to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. So you'd never no, seen you, them beforehand. No, yeah, you can. You can go back and watch it. If um, I think you've got to go. <laughs> I don't know if it's like on Channel 4's website. Oh, no, no you, you know what? Because then maybe we can see, you know. Maybe yeah, we, we can, can, we can, can see. see. Maybe we what can give you on. advice. Um, Annabelle Knight, are you back on the phone lines? I am back. Oh, oh, yeah. Saved by the bell. <laughs> Do you know what? That was a tumbleweed moment. Like, literally. So happy. <laughs> Annabelle, um, I asked you um, before then, and then we all started getting excited and we lost you. <laughs> what are the secrets to successful dating? Yes. Well, I, I agree with the love expert that it is all about how you perceive yourself and, mm. and knowing your value. But in knowing your value, you also, you know, people often say to me, how do I, how do I go from the first date to a relationship? And I would tell people mm. that aren't going from a first date to a relationship that that person that they are dating isn't relationship material for them. If you, That's there's nothing good. you need to do. It's, it's, there's kind of a fine line between self-sabotage where you don't actually want a second date, but society tells us that we should be in a relationship. Mm. So we mentally prepare ourselves for, right, okay, I'm, I'm dating this person. I've, I've met them. Therefore, they're, they're good enough. They're not. If, if you were going to date them for a second, third, fourth time and go to, into a relationship with them, you would be doing that. It's, it's just about your stars aligning and and other than it coming down to dumb luck of just meeting someone you like and someone who likes you back like it's 
it really is as simple as that. I think we were all expecting, well, if you walk like this, say this, <laughs> boom, you're married. But it really isn't that. Yeah, absolutely. And and being married isn't the be-all and end-all. No, being not. happy is. Yeah, that's so, so true. That really, really is. What are the most um, popular questions you are asked by people? Um, well, uh, from men, I usually... I mean, this... From men, I usually get, how can I last longer in bed? And from women, it's, how can I orgasm during sex? And I think those those are two key, key questions that really hold a mirror up to society that we've just had a a lot of surveys done. Um, The Kinsey Institute, for example, say that almost 90% of men say that they're, and we're we're just talking about straight sex for for this purpose, that their partner has had an orgasm while only 40% of women say they have an orgasm every time they have sex. So there's a huge disparity between men thinking women have come and women actually having come. So men are wanting to last longer in bed versus women wanting an orgasm. So the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, it's very, very true. Very, very true. Very quickly, um, we um, just want to let you know that we've had to update um, the uh, the code um, for donations. The number is still 770, but we would like you to text UNWN15. Um, and the amount uh, you would like to donate um, to 770, that's text unwn 15, followed by the amount you would like to donate to 770. Um, All money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally. And if we've confused you too much, which, to be honest, there's a high chance I probably have, you can also (laughs) um, find out more at londonartsweek.org. I would recommend you check the website out anyway, because it is fantastic. And Annabelle, when you meet new people, say if you're at dinner parties, events, and you tell them what you do, that you're a sex and dating expert, um, do people take it seriously? Do they... How do people react to your job title? You know, almost 100% of new people I meet will go, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Change the subject in a moment of awkwardness, and then Mm. later on in the evening, Mm. come back to bend my ear about some sexual mishap or problem that they have. Um... Uh, but I tend to judge my audience. If I'm with, I have I have a couple of very well-to-do friends, and I was at a well-to-do um, party with well-to-do kind of people, mm. and I thought, oh, they're going like they'll be really judgmental. I'll just say writer because that kind of summarizes everything. And um, I couldn't have been more wrong. It let someone let slip later on in the night that I got my range of sex toys, and that was for the duration of the night, the topic of conversation. Mm. So. I really, I did learn a lesson. I would n- never judge a book by its cover. Definitely. I love that you have your own range of sex toys. That's amazing. <laughs> you imagine? What are you going to use tonight, darling? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to use me. Do you know, one of my uh, best friends from secondary school uh, sent me a message the other day, and it was just um, like the full Annabelle Knight collection on her bed. And she was like, my husband bought all of these independently thinking they they'd be really good but i can never use them because, because they have of, your yeah. face on the box <laughs> oh wow there's face and everything on the box oh, that would totally yeah, my, yeah my face and all of you, really right. you really want them so when it does come to dating again there is no right or wrong way to date because mm. i think as well when people think about that first date they get very nervous um they think you know do i talk too much do i do this do i do that so are you saying that there is no right or wrong way? It's more down to maybe the compatibility of the person that you're with? 
I would say the majority of it is down to compatibility. There are a few house rules that I like to Ooh. talk about <laughs> when it comes to dating. Okay. And the number one house rule is to leave your technology away from the dates because people use their phones as a crutch. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, if, it, if there's a bit of dead air or mm-hmm. you know, you're not feeling 100% confident, you, you're never alone with a phone. It's like your little backup, which mm-hmm. is great and fine if you're on the bus or waiting at a restaurant. But if your sole yeah. aim of a first date is to get to know someone, mm-hmm. then put your phone away because it does come across as really rude. And I can watch people on first dates and see from the other person's body language them literally drop out of the of the date there and then the second that someone else gets their phone out because it just shows a, a huge lack of interest in that other person. Even if you are literally just having a quick scroll or just to see if someone's replied to you, um, save it for the toilet. Just If you need to check your phone, just wait until you need a wee. Yeah, just wait. So what are the tips? Just wait till you need to wait. What are the tips would you give for that elusive first date? Um, don't make too much of an effort because Ooh. from the same like, the same kind of idea is you're trying to get to know someone. They're also trying to get to know you. So I think it's really accurate. It's like trade descriptions act. If you, I mean, if you're going to a really nice restaurant, say, um, of course, you know, dress as you would go into a really nice restaurant, but you don't mm. have to present what you think is the perfect image of yourself because you already are perfect. So, you know, just, just boss that. I've done that once and uh, he came really dressed up. <laughs> it was really awkward. Were, were you super <laughs> impressed or were you like, wow, dude? <laughs> yeah, that that's interesting. Were you impressed by that or? No, I felt like See, I was really right rude. I was like, I was like, no, no, because I thought like, oh no, he probably thinks that I really don't care. But I, I wasn't dressed badly. I was dressed quite nicely, casual. but it, it was quite you just casual. Just in a ball gown. I just went, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was he like wore a suit and everything. And so, do you know what I mean? I just well, felt like where? What was the where? Where did you go? Italian restaurant. Okay. So I wasn't, no, I wasn't like, do you know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. but I was like, ah, oh. and he was like, you look nice. I was like, oh, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> oh, if you had to start your date with an apology. Not good. That, that must be a no. Like, yeah, starting your date with an apology must, like, that must be a no. Like, <laughs> no, no, apologize. that was, yeah. yeah, no, so there was only one, so. Um, <laughs> and, and do any of you ladies have any questions for Annabelle with dating? I feel like I can speak to Annabelle for the whole night, <laughs> no. for the whole morning. Amanda, you're a single lady. I am a single lady. Oh, I've oh, been. Oh. A, I've only ever had one boyfriend in my life. I'm 33. Wow. Oh, Matt, yeah. 33 is a good age. A good age for what? Jesus, um, I don't know, like mortgages <laughs> and, and realizing that wow. my sort of Yeah. I don't know. For me, I think I just don't know what it is. I, I know that. I, I feel like I've got to work on myself because I'm very much a person that I know that I couldn't approach a guy okay. because I think I'm, it's the fear of rejection. Yeah, which is a common, really common fear that men and women are like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we want to be accepted. It's, it's ingrained into our brains mm-hmm. that being accepted is great, which it is. But I always think oh, the people that matter accept you for who you are and the people that don't accept you don't matter. So... Mm. You, you can't really you know you can't play by someone else's rules you can only play by your yeah, own no I totally understand and I think for me as well it's I'm very much a people's person mm. 
Mm. And I, I think sometimes mm. it's like, I, you know, like it's the personality comes out and I may miss the signs. I think this is what my problem is. Because my <laughs> friends always say to me, Amanda, you always friend zone people. Like, you them, do you know what I mean? It's like I, don't, it's like I almost don't see that a guy is actually really into me. I don't mm. know if it's because I don't believe it or... Do you know what Again, I mean? Again, it's more about you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you, you were saying about... Someone to actually tell you. Yeah, so you know mm. like what you were saying about the, the, the person that was here at the beginning of the yeah. show, what yeah. they was talking about. It That kind of... Kind of right, yeah. Mm. yeah. Because I feel like that's what... Yeah, but I don't know. Like... Yeah. I just tell my family to continue praying. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Please, because yeah, it's it's yeah, it is what it is. But you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, my king is out there. You know, we're Wakanda. He is, Annabelle, he what is, advice would you give to then Amanda? Um, who's struggling <laughs> in every single. department. Who's single? What advice well, you, you know, if I think you need a wingwoman, or if, mm. if you t- if you're suddenly and I can't read signs, I just don't know. You need someone that can read the signs mm. and who's got your best interests at heart, just that, just to help you on your way. Because you know, taking cues like social cues from someone who is good at reading body language, mm. not everyone is a natural body language expert or can look at another person and know what their intentions are by how they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Some people can, some people can't. Find someone who can, a friend, take them with you, mm. or at least just let them look for your messages. Or I do, it, I do it for my sister, I do it for my friends. I'll be like, what does he mean by this? What do they mean by this? Mm. And uh, I'll, I'll read some messages and say, well, I think this, this, and this. And then I'm going to say eight times out of ten I'm right because I have been spectacularly wrong on occasion. Okay. <laughs> well, at least you could admit it. Yeah, it's <laughs> reassuring. Yeah. Annabelle, where can we find you online? I was going to say now. Nah, where can you find me now? Well, I'm kind of half in bed. sex toys are available um, exclusively through lovehoney.co.uk. Um, I am online on Facebook, just Annabelle Knight. Annabelle Knight on Insta. Annabelle Knight on Snap. And Miss Bell Knight on Twitter. And uh, yeah, my website is AnnabelleKnight.com. And that's probably the record number of times I've said my own name in a sentence. That is brilliant. Um, well, uh, Annabelle Knight, um, thank you so, so much uh, for, for joining us and talking to us. Thank yes. you for having me. Welcome, ladies. This is a fantastic, fantastic Aww. show. And um, congratulations. Brilliant, brilliant cause. Oh, brilliant. Thank Don't you so, so donate, much. everyone. Yes. Thank you, Annabelle. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Good night. Bye. 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 There you go. Annabelle Knight. I love that she's got her own sex toys. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <Yeah, no, laughs> silence. <laughs> um, brilliant. It's lovely Annabelle Knight. Thank you so, so much um, to, um, to for talking to us. Um, now, I just want to say to Isa, welcome. Hello. Properly. Yes. Um, I believe you know Fubar Radio quite well. You've been yeah, yeah, to our yeah. studio quite a few times. Yeah, on the hip hop show yeah. mainly. Um, with um, my Stevie and Sarah Loveman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your your work. Um yeah. So I am a rapper, producer, um, educator, and um, I also have my own po- podcast, Heart to Art, um, where it focuses just on um, the cult- culture and music and art. And mm. I think, like, obviously because of my personality like I've always been in male dominated spaces um, especially music like Youth Centre 
you know, loads of boys around the mic, <laughs> just me <laughs> jumping in. And then obviously um, I've, I play a lot of sport as well. Not so much now, but I used to play um, for Arsenal ladies and Tottenham ladies. Did you? So yeah, yeah. I played for Arsenal before I played for Tottenham as well. Did you? So, yeah. we both, so we both, so we probably know some of the same people. We're an isotope. No. Isotope. isotope. You know what an isotope is? No. It's like the same thing, but a different context. So my brothers are okay. isotopes because they've got the same mum oh, and dad, God, but well, they're well. boys. And oh, right. Arsenal, Tottenham. I've gone too far. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? I've gone too far. I can't what? take myself back. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? I it thought is? you remixed her name. No, no, that's that. what it was. And yeah. I was just like, mm. we're an isotope. And I was like, that's not my name, no. but is it? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I was just like, yeah. It could be. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely, like, just music my thing um and yeah when i think about sort of um representation in the music industry i'm sure you guys know it's kind of yeah there's there's a lot of girls that are women that are doing their thing but it's kind of like there is a sort of a um a block there's mm-hmm. a l- lack of representation djs producers yeah. Yeah. mcs and even uh, even as a as, you know as a teacher um i teach at a music college and it's kind of really really struggle to get girls into thinking about business thinking about dj and thinking about not because they don't want to but it's about confidence and sort of how many opportunities they think they're gonna get on the outside Mm -hmm. how many people do they see doing it and um so it's kind of really important for me to sort of go into schools and colleges and talk to girls and not not just about singing but mm-hmm. just about not that you know singing like I'm a performer myself but actually think about the business but yeah the business the why side don't, yeah, yeah, yeah like why don't you think yeah why don't you know and I I think also cuz I I mainly work in um areas that are quite underprivileged there's even less representation from that demographic mm-hmm. and then take women mm-hmm. even even less and I'm just like why why aren't you up why don't you think you could work for a radio station why don't you think that you can work for a publisher why do you only think you need to be Beyonce and that's it because <laughs> you know that's I mean? what they see yeah exactly yeah. exactly that's what they see. yeah, that's yeah. but that. I think now it's, it, it's changed in the in the sense that you are seeing more A&Rs and mm-hmm. artist managers even down to producers you know producers weren't even even on a title of a song yeah. before, but you now you would so have artists yeah. plus the producers, and now producers are actually, you know, yeah, kind no, of now artists themselves. Yeah, they, I mean, they're still in terms of mm. the, the amount. I mean, it, there are slightly more, but in terms of the when you sort of measure it up against the guys, it's still a, a huge mm-hmm. of a lack of representation. It's mm-hmm. still a novelty as well to have a female. Like for me, like a female MC. I mean, I don't have a big thing about people calling me a female MC. I don't really care about all that, but. It's kind of like people are not really measured on their talent. It's just yeah. that they're a female. That's yeah. interesting. Female yeah. MC. You're an MC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny exactly. how we always stick that in front of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to listen to your song. Um, you've got Crucial Conversations. Um, tell us what it's about before. Uh, so Crucial Conversations is about... Um, I remember I had to have like quite a serious conversation with somebody and then somebody gave me a book called Crucial Conversations and it's just basically about having quite hard conversations. And the thing is, I, don't, um, I have a lot of hard conversations but this particularly was quite um, hard and so I, I addressed the song as if me talking to a female friend because I've had quite a lot of um, crucial conversations with friends have been through things but and so it's really amalgamated it's not like about one person but it's like mm. a lot of my female friends into one person and it's kind of I created a story out of that 
Brilliant. Well, let's listen to it now. We're going to listen to Crucial Conversations. Support the He For She campaign aiming to change the reality for women and girls globally. Text UNWN followed by the amount you want to donate to 70070. Yeah, welcome back. This is Food Bar Radio. Uh, this is our 24-hour live marathon for UN Women UK, all in aid for the He For She campaign. Remember, if you'd like to text us to donate, all money donated is going towards changing the reality for women and girls globally. Text UNWN15, followed by the amount you want to donate to 770. We're going to add someone else to this... Uh, Debate. I was going to say debacle. <laughs> <laughs> to this debate, um, let's welcome on the phone lines. Um, is Hannah Jewell? Hannah, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I feel like I've just caught you on the edge of madness. Rachel, you're doing really well. Yeah. Really, really well. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Hannah, you're actually calling from Washington. Is it eight p.m. I in am. Washington? It's 8.30, it's a Friday night, and I'm tucked in bed talking to you guys. And it's, it's honestly the best night I could imagine. So. Aww, that's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, Hannah, um, you're the writer of 100 Nasty Women of History, Brilliant, Badass, and Completely Fearless uh, Women Everyone Should Know. You're also the former senior editor at BuzzFeed. Um, and then you presented BuzzFeed's live 2016 election night show, which was watched by nearly 7 million people. Oh, wow. That is... Yeah, it's sort of horrible to think about, isn't it? That's incredible. <laughs> wow. Um, well, first of all, as a, a, a woman, um, being the former senior editor at BuzzFeed, um, that's an incredible achievement, isn't it? Well, so it's funny about the way that I've found that... So now I'm at the Washington Post, um, and I'm a pop culture host there on a new video team, and um, I found that different organizations have different titles that sound different levels of impressiveness <laughs> from um, um, from place to place. But, uh, yeah, at BuzzFeed, I was, I was a senior um, writer, actually, and I um, kind of rose from being an intern there on an editorial fellowship mm. program, which I believe they're actually hiring a new one in the U.K. office, if any young budding journalists are interested in getting a, <laughs> getting a start. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I sort of slowly worked my way up. And then um, from there, I got this book deal to write about cool women in history. And now I've moved to the U.S. And, yeah, here I am in Washington pretending to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think we all pretend to know what we're doing, don't we? That's a good Definitely. secret to know, honestly, in this life. That yeah. I think, yeah, I think if you can convince yourself, you can convince anyone. anyone. Yes, definitely. It's so true. I've been blagging it. <laughs> She's still blagging it. Um, what was it like to write your own book? Where, you know, what made you want to do that, first of all? So I had written, uh, when I was at BuzzFeed, I'd written a few posts there, lists about um, women in history. In fact, I've been told by your producers I'm allowed to swear on air, so I can tell you the uh, title of this first article I did was 12 Historical Women Who Gave No Fucks. And I just wrote that over one Christmas, and it just did millions of views, and people sort of were so enjoyed not only learning about new women in history, but doing it in a kind of non-self-important way. Like, my my style of writing is, is very conversational and internet-y and young and I'm never trying to sound too much like I like I like I know it all I guess and so mm. I, I went about writing this 
sitting in the British Library for hours and hours and, um, well, <laughs> hours and hours, weeks and weeks, I should say, um, four hours research went into this book. No, um, and just sort of <laughs> half hour Wikipedia is done. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, it was such a fun journey to get to learn about more and more women, more and more parts of the world, more and more periods of history. And mm-hmm. then the way that I got to write the book was, hi, I've just learned this thing, come along with me and learn it at the same time. Um, and yeah, I now it's been out in the UK since November and a lot of young women especially really love it. And then, but also there's some men who um, take issue with it uh, because of my jokes about men in there. So, of course they do, of course. Which is expected, I guess. So. Um, and do you know what, I... I find writing quite a daunting prospect mm. because... Oh, it's horrible. I, <laughs> but the thing with me, I always feel like I need to have certain qualifications. I left school at 15 and I love writing, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like like no one's taught me how to do it. They mm. have, but mm. to actually write is very skilled. Um, what would you say for people that are scared, that they want to, they've got, I think we've all got stories in us, we've all got mm. a book in us. So what would you say to people that want to write but feel that they don't have the right qualifications or what tips would you give young people? Oh, it's such a thing that I think that if you, if you can speak, you can, you can write mm. and if you can <laughs> <screwed>. write something <laughs> and, and read it out loud. But I think also mm. what we were saying earlier about how everyone's faking it, I think just to, imagine all the writers on your bookshelf are all naked and don't know what they're doing and 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 honestly it's it's such a like obvious thing to say but to just start doing it and doing it for fun doing it for a blog i i think i really developed my my writing voice for the first time sending emails to my best friend when we went to university in in different cities and we would send these like 2,000 word emails that were basically just trying to make each other laugh and which I consider some of my favorite writing still so I think really just not feel intimidated by it and also if it helps you have a deadline um, I had a really like daunting deadline and the like the shame I, I felt about what if I let down the people who had entrusted me to like my agent and then the publisher who had trusted me to write this book and how much I didn't want to disappoint them really was the only thing that got it done. <laughs> so so self-loathing I- and also self-confidence. So I just wanted to ask, so from the time you started researching until, mm-hmm. you know, the book was published, what, what was the time? So I met with um, an agent who had found, who had seen my writing for BuzzFeed. So this is why people who want to write, just start doing it wherever it is because agents are out there lurking on the internet and so he contacted me um he said do you want to meet and talk about book ideas and Mm. i said yes thinking it would be like a few weeks but it was the next morning (laughs) i met him um hello charlie viney Viney. and uh i told him my first idea was this comedy history book that i wanted to do about women he said sure do that and then he patched me a few weeks after that to come up with the pitch and then he pitched that and then the the proposal which is the next step and then so it was it was honestly from the time I really started writing it was was honestly only April last year and it was I was wrapping it up in August as I was before I started my new job so it was it was a lot quicker than Mm. and it's like a hundred thousand word book it's the format meant that it could be done quick quick it's for quick writing It, it um because it's split up into a hundred little sections. That's amazing. Um, I thought you were going to say something like three years or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wow. is. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Well, no, I know, and and I kind of I don't know, like people like sometimes I avoid that question because I feel like it, yeah. it it'll make me sound like I just like shat it out, but I promise I didn't. What I like to tell myself is that I, um, if I had had ten times as much time, I just would have procrastinated ten yeah, times definitely. as much, and mm. um, and I just instead I just went into this weird haze where all I did was read and write this uh, research and and write and research and write. And I traveled around England mm. a little bit just to get a change of scene mm-hmm. where I was doing this and stayed in different people's houses. Um, mm. And the only pleasure I allowed myself each week was watching The Bachelor. So, oh, okay. Well, let that be <laughs> so inspiration it, for people who yeah. want to write. Like this time next year, you could have a book. Yeah. I want a series. I want a series. <laughs> of Might not books. be published, but you, you could have written it. <laughs> but that's yeah. what it comes down I to. I should say, if you want to do a novel, you have to have it finished before you can get a book deal. But if yeah. you do novel, mm. Non-fiction, you can just have a little sample, and you can get a deal. I'm telling you. All right, I want to go do. I do. I've got one. I've got one. I've got a story. The end. (laughs) 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 I was about to copy and paste it, Um, and I would do that. I tell you, Um, Hannah. um, Let's talk about um, uh, the American versus British aspect. Who would you say is making the most progress when it comes to equal rights? What country? I think about this all the time because mm. I so I was born in London, but I grew up in California. Oh. But then I came back to the UK to do grad school and to start my career. And now I've only just moved back to the US. And so I've now seen, I think that, I don't know, I just think that sexism in the UK in many ways is more deeply ingrained culturally. I think that, the pe- I, I have a colleague at work here at the Post who I um who I send little articles to from the British press trying to explain to her what the British media is like and they're always like no like men hate smart women and it's like the it's front That's page of whatever all yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like seeing all that kind of stuff frequently but that said I think that the UK has such a I mean has a welfare state in the way that the US doesn't mm-hmm. there is so much more support for poor women for for mothers mm. for um, in terms of healthcare, housing, yeah, all these things just, that the UK yeah. does so much better fundamentally helps women. So I think it's easier to not die as a woman in the UK. Mm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but there's also this, like, deeply ingrained sexism that is... So, you know, take your pick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Walking down the street, smile, smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and it's interesting as well that you've lived in both. You've lived in America, mm. you've lived in England, mm-hmm. and you can see that. Um, what's it like um, as a woman uh, being a writer? Um, what kind of sexism have you come across? Um, well, there's always the... I mean, and honestly, since my very first job, age 15, as a lifeguard through to... Well, I don't know today. <laughs> I'm in my current job. I won't speak about that, and I don't really know the answer, but... I have always been in offices and situations where I knew that there was a man doing the same job as me or less with the same qualifications or less getting paid more. way more mm-hmm. to even like in the like 10,000 pounds more. Wow. And, and, and it's just such a, and that is kind of the nature of a, the kind of work I get to do, which I'm so lucky to get to do and getting to be a writer has, um, there's always the it's very easy for people in power to tell you you should just be grateful to be here i think it's also it's way worse for like women of color particularly who are expected to take a crappy wage because out of of gratitude that it we're not just like and especially in 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 journalism in britain it's just seems to be this funnel from oxbridge to get a master's at city and then to get to work at one of the papers so Mm. yeah i think it's 
there's always been like a festering rage where um, you find out <laughs> when you find out about your, a pay discrepancy like that that cannot be explained by anything other than the way the world is. Um, I think there's a problem of the people who get the way you get a big raise in this in- industry, and I think in many industries is to be poached from one place to another. So it's it's the people in power throughout the industry seeing who do they value, who do they think is an irreplaceable genius who has to be pulled in at any cost. And then those are usually men. Those are men seeing mm-hmm. other men who see themselves in those in those people. And then there's kind of this horrible, vicious cycle, which I hope can be acted against by old girls' networks that are as strong as old boys' networks. And a lot of my friends who were previously at BuzzFeed UK and I are now sort of out in other jobs and we'll always be trying to lift each other up and that's really inspiring and wonderful and wholesome Hmm. but I just think there's there needs to be I just like UK newsrooms are so so male and so white (laughs) and so (laughs) dirty yeah Yeah. I've worked in newsrooms for yeah yeah. again stories I could tell you which I will do yeah I hear no (laughs) answers (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Um, look, Hannah Jewell, thank you so so much mm. um, for joining us and being part of the show here for UN Women yes. UK. We really really appreciate it. Um, and I'm a little jealous that you are tucked up in bed. <laughs> I am. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's, <laughs> that's a nice thing to say to you. <laughs> that's all right. As long as you're snuggled. <laughs> Just now think how good your sleep is going to be when you're done do you know what it's going to be so deep yeah. it's beautiful <laughs> uh, thank you so much Hannah for talking to us thanks so much for having me have a wonderful evening thank you Good bye. Luck. bye 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 oh bless her yeah, I know. <laughs> and I am going to sleep so heavy you have Mate. no idea sinuses oh yeah again <laughs> I feel sorry for the husband um, I just want to let you know that um, Isata is yeah. in the studio we've also got Ertha we've also got Amanda still here oh, as well yeah. we're yeah. all here together yeah. I've even told my other half um, I will be a bit of an arsy cow when you see me oh, when I fit you know you yeah, know yeah, like, yeah, warned him. but I, but again he can't like battle against that yeah no like yeah, through yeah, sickness yeah. through health <laughs> through, <death laughs> through 24 hours hour yeah, yeah. you do it yes and again we're all for gender equality but <laughs> the husband okay when I need him um, we are gonna take a little musical interlude aren't we Amanda you're very of excited course, about I'm the sex so, song you know what I feel like we just you know need to just get up I kind of think we should. Do you know what I mean? Just rave it out a little bit. It's what, 1.45? It is 1.45. Uh, We're going to play Ain't Nobody by Rufus and Chaka Khan. Here we go. Come on. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.